everybody. Welcome to the Glass City Game Time Podcast. My name is Corey Christen. I am your host. And this week, I am joined by Blade Sports writer Kyle Rowland. What's up, Kyle? Slow news week, isn't it? Uh, yeah, not much going on. I don't really even know if we have anything to discuss. No, it depends on how you look at it. But uh, if you look at it from the concept of the Ohio State-Michigan football game, there's an awful lot to discuss. If you've been living under a rock for the last couple of days here, you may have missed this, but in case you have missed it, Ohio State and Michigan, the game, the greatest rivalry game in college sports, some would say all sports, is off for the 2020 season. The game canceled for the first time since 1917 as coronavirus cases running throughout the University of Michigan's football program. 14 athletes, one coach across the athletic department tested positive for the coronavirus this week. There are a lot of ramifications surrounding it, Kyle, and and what I texted you uh, yesterday to kind of talk about the podcast and stuff in a 2020 season where everything is really ever developing and really the news that you read five minutes ago, maybe not be the same news that you're reading right now. Right before we started recording, we got news from Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports who said that a vote is expected today by the big 10 to remove the six game minimum for eligibility to play in the big 10 championship. So what does that mean? Ohio state is currently five and oh, so there is a debate going around to say, hey, can the Big Ten bend the rules a little bit for Ohio State? And certainly that looks like what's going to happen. If this game didn't play and they didn't change the rules, then your Big Ten championship game would be Northwestern and Indiana. So, Kyle, there's a lot of trickle effects down from this game being canceled, but let's just kind of start with that. And you're obviously very closely in tune with both programs uh, covering the Big Ten for us. Was this expected? Did you foresee this coming, the game being canceled, or did you have the belief that they were going to play? I mean, I thought it was going to get played. I mean, maybe that was foolish on my part. There were obviously other people reporting otherwise, but I just thought when it got down to it, um, it was just so important. It's such a valuable thing for the Big Ten and for Fox. Uh, I just thought Michigan would would play the game. I, I don't think they did anything wrong by canceling it. I do want to make that point clear. It's pretty obvious they've got a big COVID outbreak up there, and there's health and safety concerns with how depleted their roster is. So I understand it. Um, I just kind of thought that it would end up getting played. Um, it's obviously unfortunate that it's not getting played. I think everyone involved uh, just – whether you're a college football fan, an Ohio State fan, a Michigan fan, uh, just this game just means so much to so many people. Um, the state of Ohio revolves around it in a way. Uh, Ohio State's football program certainly uh, emphasizes it 365 days a year. Uh, Michigan's maybe to a lesser extent emphasizes it every day of the year. Um, so it's a tough blow, I think, for everyone involved. I think Ryan Day would tell you he emphasizes it 366 days a year. Um, and, it is and the, yeah, and the evidence is there, both in what he has said and, like you said, with uh, you know, there's literally a running clock to countdown to uh, Michigan football games. So it was reset yesterday afternoon. They tweeted it out. Oh, really? So for twenty, so what's the date in 2021? Then I don't know. I think it was like 352 days or something like that. So okay, which would make sense. That would line up with uh, the last weekend. What is it in November? Uh, yep. 2021. So, you know, this kind of goes back to the beginning of the season. You and I have talked about it. And I know David Briggs, our colleague, has talked about it too. And even Ashley Bastock, when she was uh, on the University of Michigan beat, which, uh, by the way, those listening in, Ashley has moved on to a different endeavor. So 
you will not be hearing her on the Glass City Game Time podcast, unfortunately. And uh, I can speak for Kyle and everybody else when I say we wish her the best. But we've all talked about it. And there was a growing interest in playing this game week one of this season, given everything that's going on. And this is the time for the I told you so moments. And um, it certainly looks that way, you know, even just to have the rivalry game. And I know there's the mystique of having it in the final week of the regular season, but that's not happening now this year. So do you kind of look back on that? Do you feel like, you know, hindsight obviously is 2020, but going back and revisiting it, it would have been a good idea to have it. But was that ever a possibility? I I just want to get that cleared up. Of playing this game earlier in the year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's hindsight 2020. I think it's a lot of people in September or October, whatever month the schedule got released, kind of thought that. I mean, it's astounding that the Big Ten in the first iteration of the schedule for 2020, before they canceled the game, this is five days prior to when they canceled the season, had Ohio State Michigan play on October 24th, in the middle of the year with three buffer weeks for games that might get canceled to have rescheduled dates. Um, and then they have a nine weeks, nine game schedule in nine weeks with zero flexibility. And they schedule the Ohio State Michigan game at the end of the year where it can't possibly get made up. So I, I thought it was a questionable decision uh, when they first did it. I think it's even more questionable now uh, what's taken place. Um, And I've been beating the drum for a while. I mean, I I hate trashing the Big Ten day after day, but almost every decision they've made since August has been the wrong decision. They shouldn't have canceled to begin with. They should have just postponed. Uh, The High State Mission game shouldn't have been the last game. Uh, Teams should have been able to play non-conference games. Uh, The 21-day rule, while it made sense – And for safety's sake, at the same time, it kind of didn't because even doctors would tell you like it was unnecessary. I think that was just kind of a thing to do to make everyone feel comfortable with them coming back. Uh, But I could go on and on. I mean, there are just numerous things that I think the Big Ten has messed up on. Well, I mean, 21 days sitting out with a COVID case, you're knocking out a third of the season right there. You know, that's three games you're missing. That didn't make sense to me either. And obviously the doctors – they did back that up as well, saying that that was kind of ridiculous. That's what they've been kind of doing over the last several months, like you said. And whether it was delaying the season slightly and then not having the buffer, you know, you can look at a lot of missteps for the Big Ten. And and I think the result of that is now they're losing out on what is their biggest game of the year, which is Ohio State-Michigan. So now looking at the standings here, it is in the Big Ten West. It's Northwestern that's going to represent in the Big Ten title game. And then Ohio State. Uh, assuming that rule is changed. We haven't seen anything official, of course, in the Big Ten as of this recording. So Ohio State Northwestern, as it kind of should have been all along. And now the bigger question surfaces, and we could talk about Michigan and, and the impact on them here shortly. Looking at Ohio State going forward now and their potential to make a college football playoff, this is a – we're going to assume here in this podcast that Ohio State's going to beat Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. Everything – they're going to change the rule – they're going to put Ohio State in that game against Northwestern, and Ohio State's going to win that football game. So looking at a 6-0 and Ohio State team, as opposed to a maybe one-loss SEC team or even a one-loss ACC team, and I'm looking at strictly Alabama and Florida out of the SEC, 
and then Notre Dame and Clemson out of the ACC. Notre Dame and Clemson are scheduled to meet in the ACC championship game next weekend, and Florida and Alabama are on a clash course. So I would say that if Florida beats Alabama and then Notre Dame beats Clemson, then that's where it gets really interesting. Is there a scenario in your mind where Ohio State doesn't make the college football playoff, maybe as a result of a lack of a schedule that they played? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the nightmare scenario is Florida beating Alabama and Clemson winning a, a good game against Notre Dame. Because at that point, then I think Ohio State is going to be the team that's out. Um, I mean, Florida clearly would be in. And Notre Dame and Clemson, I think, clearly would be in. And Alabama, I mean, maybe they go from number one to out entirely. I kind of doubt it. Um, so it'd just be a weird situation where you'd have four teams with losses in the playoff and Ohio State undefeated would be the odd one out. What have Gene Smith and Ryan Day and even some players, what have they been talking about when it comes to this whole scenario that's going on, whether it comes to Michigan or the playoff or the Big Ten title game? I mean, coach speak, I guess. Uh, a lot of, you know, just taking one day at a time, stuff like that. But they're clearly focused, and, and they know. I mean, the goal, obviously, I mean, since they landed the day after the festival last year, everything was geared to 2020 and, you know, righting a wrong or however you want to phrase it of Unfinished getting business. a little hump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, all the cliches. And, and I've kind of compared them this year at times to the, I, I want to say it was would have been the 13-14 San Antonio Spurs. Um, the year before, they had the heartbreaking loss to the Heat in the finals. And they came back, and they were just on an absolute mission to win the finals the next year. And they did so. And they beat the Heat to do so. So Ohio State – more than likely, if you kind of look at the way things are going and if the favorites win all these games, they're probably going to play Clemson in the semifinals of the playoff. And, I mean, I think that's a game they would uh, certainly uh, relish and really embrace. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I just think they're kind of focused on, you know, all they can. They try not to worry about things they can't control. Um, that's always been like an Urban Meyer thing since 2012 at Ohio State. Ryan Day has adopted that. Um, it's not Ohio State's fault that they're not playing Michigan this week. So it's, it's out of their control. They just are going to continue practicing and stuff. But uh, they're very focused. And, and I think everyone knew it was going to be a, a tough year, that it was going to be disjointed. Um, the daily testing maybe gave uh, an incorrect perception that the Big Ten would avoid canceled games. Obviously, that's not happened. Um, so that's kind of where they are. And they did it with no buffer, which is you got to have a buffer in 2020 when we're, you're playing football in a pandemic uh, and you're going to have cancellations and you're going to have schedule changes. And by the way, the college football playoff, um, it's very realistic that the westernmost team in the playoff is Notre Dame. And two of those schools will have to fly out to California to play in the Rose Bowl, which is insane. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Hold on. Sure, go ahead. So, number one, number one, I, I think I made a mistake because yesterday I said Alabama would be the westernmost south, is south Bend west of Tuscaloosa. I don't have a map in front of me. Let me, let me uh, Google one real quick. <laughs> but uh, going off the top of the dome here, I do believe that uh, South Bend is – let me look here. Hold on. 
I believe South Bend is Western more, more Western, Western more than. Uh, oh man, it's close. They're they're like. It has to be. It, they're it, almost. Indiana's like a, If you you could stack Indiana and, and T- Alabama. Tuscaloosa. I'm looking right now on the map. Tuscaloosa is probably thirty miles west of South Bend. I bet. Point is. But anyway, you, 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 we're both right. We'll, Point we'll just, is, we'll, yeah. But I agree. I, I have been talking about this for a month, um, that it makes zero sense in a pandemic to make, let, let's just say the playoff is Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson. And even if it's not those three or those four, the chances are you trade one of them for Florida, who's even more east. Sure. Um, so why are two of those teams going to go to the Rose Bowl? I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. With no fans, by the way. With no fans. And no parade, no parade, no public yeah, I mean, circumstance, no, yeah. Yeah, the hoopla, there, there's, it won't be like a true Rose Bowl. I mean, I, I, and I say this as just an absolute lover of the Rose Bowl. There, there cannot be very many more people than me that love – I mean, I, I love the place. I've been there a couple times. It's, it's a tradition. Other it, it than is, the Masters. It's yeah. yeah, I mean, it's – it's amazing. The, the stadium, the setting, everything about it is amazing, but it makes no sense to do it. And actually yesterday, the Charleston Post and Courier reported that there are now kind of discussions about possibly not having the Rose Bowl as a semifinal site. California obviously is having tons of problems. Mm-hmm. I still think at this moment we record this, the Rose Bowl will not be a semifinal site. Um, Atlanta and Indianapolis just makes so much sense. I mean, if Ohio State and Notre Dame play, like Lucas Oil Stadium, perfect. Put it, yeah, like, that's, that's simple. <laughs> so we'll see, but it's an interesting topic. We could triangulate, too, thinking about, like, a Nashville as a neutral site. Um, I don't want to say Dallas unless it's, like, you know, Alabama versus Clemson. Maybe Dallas. Maybe you play it in uh, – Atlanta. Play it in, or Charlotte could be one. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at – I'm thinking of, like, pro, pro yeah. location. I like feel like – I feel like they'll want it to be indoors. I mean, Nashville and Charlotte are are mild, but in January it's possible you could have bad weather. So I feel like they would want it to be in a dome. Yeah, Atlanta, Jerry World down in Dallas, never know. Um, yeah. Lucas Oil, like you said, makes all the sense in the world, especially if it is Notre, uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. The Glass Bowl. Mm, backyard <laughs> brawl there. Put it yeah. at, uh, put it at uh, Steinrecker Stadium. Let's, yeah, do, yeah. let's do the old high school, uh, the old Sandlot <laughs> game. Quite frankly, let's be real, give them 100 yards of turf, and it doesn't really matter where they play it. it it's a matter of, obviously, um, you know, TV, and, and there's a lot of uh, media stuff and accommodations that have to be made. And uh, people don't realize that, but that's a very real thing, is there has to be multiple media accommodations for just about everything. And, I mean, it goes all the way down to the architecture, the very architecture of stadiums. Not saying that Steinrecker Stadium can't hold uh, tens of, you know, dozens and dozens of media members and TV and networks, but um, I'm just saying that uh, there are facilities that are probably more equipped, no offense, uh, to do so. I agree with you. I I don't see a reason to go out to Pasadena, California, where there's no fans, there's no Rose Bowl, like you said, hoopla going around, um, to have a game and to have the whole procedure out there. Just, you know, make it make sense in a pandemic. So... But we got to look at this from a uh, University of Michigan angle, too. And despite all of the, uh, I'll use the word again, hoopla surrounding their program and, and most, more specifically Jim Harbaugh and whether or not he's going to be uh, their head coach again next year, 
there hasn't been an extension worked out. And I believe Harbaugh has said pretty vociferously that uh, they're working on it. The fact of the matter of the Ohio state Michigan game is that this is on Michigan. There have been positive uh, cases stemming from what has been termed as a gathering after the Penn state loss on November 28th. Uh, That came from the Detroit free press. Um, You know, players and families got together and, you know, the coaches urging them, don't do it. This is coming from Ward Manuel on Tuesday. Quote, we have not been cleared to participate in practice at this time. Unfortunately, we will not be able to field a team due to COVID-19 positives and the associated quarantine required of close contact individuals. This decision is disappointing for our team and coaches, but their health and safety is paramount, and it will always come first in our decision-making. End quote there. So, Kyle, with the University of Michigan, the, the conspiracy theories were thrown around uh, a couple of weeks ago, namely by Kirk Herbstreet. And, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. He said some things and he's apologized for them. But that kind of got the ball rolling on the entire uh, tinfoil hat train saying, hey, maybe Michigan will back out of this, in, you know, to spite Ohio State out of the playoff. But um, I don't think that's the case. And certainly Ward Manuel uh, is, is not supporting any of that, which good for him. He shouldn't. Um, what's, what's this mean for Michigan? I know it's, I know it's a COVID-19 issue and I know it's, you know, an outbreak within their program, but even aside from that, you know, not playing this game, Jim Harbaugh's contract issues, the program status this year seems like, you know, the pro for the program has not, not deteriorating because I don't think university of Michigan football could ever do that, but there certainly has been a, a little tarnish, if you will, to that coin. Um, what does this do for the Michigan program, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a horrible ending to, I mean, one of their worst seasons ever. I mean, I know they're two and four, they only play six games, but just the whole, I mean, everything about the year has pretty much been a disaster other than the Minnesota game, which, you know, gave them so much hope to open the season. And then it's been downhill ever since. Um I think it's amazing that in all four losses, they have not led. That's a pretty crazy stat. Um, I mean, the the hardball contract is obviously a huge deal. They have to figure something out. I mean, December 16th is National Signing Day. I think you need to give some sort of answer before then. I know you don't have to sign in December. Like, you can wait until February. Um, But it's still a pretty important symbolic date on the college football calendar. Uh, it would be wise of them to have some sort of solid, definitive answer on the future of the program. I assume, excuse me, I assume he's going to be coming back. I don't necessarily think he should. I think it's obvious he's not the answer at Michigan. Um, I mean, it's year six. Things are getting worse. The recruiting isn't great. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily a bad football coach. Clearly, he's been really solid in his career. And he's been good at Michigan. I mean, he's won 70% of his games. Uh, you just have to do more than that at Michigan. Uh, you haven't been competitive. You've got to beat Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, you got to beat them. Not only has he not beat them, but he really hasn't been very competitive with them other than one game. Um, so I just think there's a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of issues in Michigan. And, and just the way this season is ending, I, I, I doubt they'll play next week. I mean, it just doesn't sound promising. And I'm sure there's not going to be a whole lot of motivation to play just one game against, you know, Illinois or or some other middling team in the Big Ten. Uh, So I don't know. It's 
it's really interesting. And think back to the Rutgers game. I know it was Rutgers, and, and I get all that. But, I mean, they were pretty optimistic that night. It's like, oh, man, Cade McNamara played well. They had this spirit of comeback. And then they play one more game the rest of the year, a loss to Penn State, which was just not a very well-played game at all. Um, so it just immediately went, you know, right downhill, just like it did after the, the Minnesota game. So Michigan's going to be a, a fascinating uh, team to watch in the offseason, even if they keep Harbaugh. Just, you know, what kind of recruiting class do they sign? What's their coaching staff going to look like next year? Because if he stays, I mean, there's going to have to be wholesale changes. Uh, on the coaching staff, the recruiting staff, uh, a whole lot of things got to change at Michigan for them to, you know, get back to even being a 10 and two type program. Cause I really don't think they're going to be very good next year. Did any real quick before I make a couple of points, did anything go right for Michigan this year? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, not really. I mean, other than Cade McNamara looked really good for like three quarters against Rutgers, but I don't really know if he's the answer at quarterback. I mean, he's a nice, solid quarterback, but Ohio State's bringing in five-star All-Americans. Like, Kate McNamara is a nice player, but he's a four-star kid from Nevada, which isn't exactly a state known for great high school football. So, I mean, I'm not trying to disparage him. I'm just kind of talking in facts here. Yeah, Ohio State's got some nice kids, too. They're called third stringers and freshmen. <laughs> Let's be honest. I, I'm just being honest. I mean, they have they have prospects out the wazoo in the pipeline, and they have more blue chips in Bellagio right now because Ohio State. So, I mean, Ohio State, Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. I mean, they have just so far separated themselves. Yeah. Even more so, a lot of people want to throw Georgia into that conversation. I don't. I disagree. I mean, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, by far. I mean, the gap is huge, even with Georgia. I mean, Georgia's offense is still just so lackluster. That's always been the story under Kirby Smart. Um, I mean, it's just remarkable. I mean, it's, it's really, really hard for these other schools to try to compete with them. Well, Michigan, by the way, is two and four. To your point of playing next week, if I'm two and four in a pandemic, I'm not lining up to play next week. That's just, you know, why? Why, why, why risk health? Why risk anything? Injury? You know, you mentioned Kay McNamara. What if something, knock on wood, it doesn't. What if something happens to Kay McNamara? Can't have those risks out there when you're two and four in a pandemic and, uh, you know, your football program is very much up in question. To your point about National Signing Day, I would like at least some form of, um, okay, it's leaning towards. I want to lean at least. I don't want to say Jim Harbaugh is committed to coming back or not coming back, but I want at least a lean by, by National Signing Day, because like you said, I mean, there's recruits out there that are probably deciding between Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, even Notre Dame now, when you think in terms of the Midwest, um, Indiana, certainly with Tom Allen. I just saw, by the way, news, news note that uh, Luke Montgomery, a DN from Finley, really highly rated recruit, getting looked at by Ohio State. He got an offer from Indiana. I saw that, that he tweeted that the other day. So, by the way, now Indiana's competing for some of those Midwest recruits along with Michigan and Ohio State. Look, if you're Michigan, you have to figure things out relatively quick, quickly. And everything that I've read that Jim Harbaugh has said has been pretty much the same over the last several months here, saying, we'll get this figured out. We, we'll turn it around. When it comes to the extension, it's, hey, we're working on it. We're worried about football right now, but we'll work on it. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what Michigan's going to be next year. I don't know what they're going to be a month from now. Like you said, with signing day, I'm not sure what this program's going to be. What are they going to do with coordinators? Obviously, Don Brown as a D coordinator did not work out. 
Obviously, Josh Gaddis as an O coordinator has been eh, hit or miss. Cade McNamara, maybe a quarterback is the answer. Maybe him and Gaddis can work something out. But obviously, uh, we talked about this. Uh, me and David Briggs talked about this last week on the podcast about how a lot of Michigan's prob- problems are stemming from Jim Harbaugh, and that's very apparent right now. So TBD, I guess, with the Michigan program, which is um, really crazy to think when it comes to the Michigan football program. I, I don't know. The college football season to me has been – it's obviously been a weird one in a lot of different ways with the pandemic going on. But um, just about what we'd expect from Ohio State, we expected them to be a contender for the playoff. We expected them to be, I guess, undefeated at least through six games. But um, I think some of the uh, storylines that have been floating up throughout this season, I think Indiana and Tom Allen and their program have been one of the best ones. And real quick, I just wanted to run that through you. This has been great a great year for the Big Ten in that scope. When you look at the competition uh, that has risen, you got to see Indiana play Ohio State. You got to see Michael Penix Jr. play. I'm looking way ahead into 2021 here, but um, what are your impressions on Indiana and maybe some of the other schools in the Big Ten that we've seen this year? Well, I'd first like to point out that uh, before the year, I picked Indiana to finish third in the Big Ten East and was just eviscerated for it because I had Michigan fourth and – uh, they're not going to be Michigan, haven't beat them for a million years, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's, it turns out I was wrong and the other people were wrong. They're way better than third in the yeah. Big Ten. Um, no, but I, I got to say, I, I was completely wrong about Jim Harbaugh and Tom Allen after they were hired. I thought Harbaugh was going to be a grand slam. Michigan was going to win national championships. I thought Allen would be awful. So – First off, I guess I know nothing, and I'm completely unqualified to talk Nobody about Nobody knows anything, um, let's be but, completely honest. <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it's been really cool, I think. It's been one of the great stories in college football this year. I think Tom Allen is about as likable a person as there is in the entire sport. Uh, his players clearly love him. Uh, that interview on ESPN after their game at Wisconsin Saturday, I don't know if you saw that. Um, really, really cool how all the players were stopping by, saying he's the best coach in the country. There's a clear genuine affection between player and coach um and they've got good players um but they also just have good coaches i mean indiana is not out recruiting you know big time programs for these guys they're getting you know two and three stars you know a couple four stars here and there uh diamond in the rough type kids and they're coaching them up mm-hmm. um and it's working really well. Penix, I think, is really good. He's about as underrated a player in the country, I think. Um, so I would love to see Indiana keep this up. I mean, they're always at a disadvantage because you play Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan every year. And most of the time you would think, so right off the bat, you're 0-3. Uh, they actually beat Penn State and Michigan this year. Um, I don't know if they can totally rely on that. Uh, and then you have Michigan State, who's always just kind of a schizophrenic program. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're awful. Um, who knows if Mel Tucker's the guy for that program. Um, and then you have Rutgers now in the East getting a little bit better. Uh, so I think the East is going to continue to improve. And Indiana could be one of the teams that kind of lifts them up even further. By the way, Penn State, got, you know, if there was a, a direct effect on the pandemic to a team, this year, it's Penn State. That's in all of college football, I would say, having star players back out. And, you know, they were missing quite a bit as a result of, of opt-outs. And uh, who's to say that Penn State doesn't make a big comeback next year? 
the Ohio State and Northwestern Big Ten championship game is is not officially set, but that's what we're apparently leaning towards. And, you know, just kind of looking ahead to that, Kyle, and, and seeing a matchup. Obviously, Ohio State would be widely favored, but I think we talk about this every year when it comes to the Big Ten championship game. What are the realistic chances that Northwestern has in a matchup like that? Um, well, we saw this two years ago. These teams played. It's kind of a weird game. Ohio State, keep in mind, in 2018, they were just a terrible defense. And I don't know. They were, they were a, a really bizarre team that year. Northwestern really hung with them. I think they maybe even took the lead in the third quarter. Or maybe it was they got within, you know, three or four points. Then Ohio State pulled away. I think Northwestern's offense is not good this year. Everyone knows that. They're a defense team. But I think they have a chance. I think it could be a close game. Uh, I think their defense is really legit. I think Ohio State's offense, though, just has so much firepower. I can't imagine them holding them down enough where they could win the game. I mean, yeah, maybe instead of 49, Ohio State scores, you know, 35. I don't think Northwestern's going to score that much. Um, but the issue with Ohio State is game and then week off and then game and then week off and get like that is hard. Like, I don't care how good Ohio State's talent is or their coaching or whatever, like that it's difficult to, first of all, from a mental standpoint, approaching each week like you're going to play and then all of a sudden you don't. Um, but just from a sharpness standpoint, Games and practice are different. Even if Ohio State is practicing against really good players, it's still practice. There's a total different feel to it. Um, so do I expect Ohio State to win handily? Yeah, probably. Would I be really surprised if it was close? Not totally. And, and perhaps Ohio State won't be really sharp uh, in the first quarter or the first half. Michigan State beat Northwestern. Obviously, Ohio State just drilled Michigan State with a bunch of backups. Um, but I don't think the comparative score really says that Ohio State's going to beat Northwestern by 40 points. We'll see what happens. By the way, a, a report uh, a few minutes ago here from Tim May, who is uh, who writes for Letterman Row. He's been covering Ohio State for a long, long time. Uh, he says that word within the ranks at Ohio State is the vote is in, and the Buckeyes' next stop uh, will be versus Northwestern next Saturday. So, number one, uh, that kind of goes along with what we're talking about. And number two, it sounds like you have to go uh, make some phone calls uh, <laughs> uh, based on based on that report there. So, but um, but no, Kyle, thanks for the few minutes here. I know that uh, you've been very busy with this news, following it, and uh, all of the resulting after effects. And um, well, I guess we'll see what happens. We haven't obviously seen anything official from the Big Ten or anything official from the NCAA. Certainly, this is something that we'll be following very closely. And uh, I'm sure when, when it comes time, we'll talk about the Big Ten title. We'll talk about maybe an Ohio State football playoff berth. It's, uh, there's a lot to be decided still. So, uh, Kyle, thanks for the few minutes here. We'll talk soon. All right. Always fun, Corey. Thanks. All right. Those of you listening in, thank you for doing so. If you enjoyed the show, remember, you can find us every week on ToledoBlade.com and on Blade News Slide and where podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Glass City Game Time and you will find us. For Kyle Rowland, my name is Corey Christen. This has been the Glass City Game Time Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week.